So whose story are you living out? That's actually what we're going to be talking about on episode number 24 of The Relaxed Mail. Welcome to Relaxed Mail, a podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destiny. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. So, talking stories today. Now, I think I've mentioned stories a few times before, but I wanted to go into a little more depth and actually talk about what uh, what story you're actually living. And yes, we do all live a story. It's uh, it may not be the the epic uh, hero's journey that you're thinking of and that you have in mind. You may not be Luke Skywalker standing uh, on the edge of it, of their uh, evaporation farm and, and looking at uh, two sons as a set, but you could be the hero of your own particular story. Or maybe you are the, uh, the hapless and, uh, hapless victim in your story. And it all really depends on how you are looking at it. So many of us tell ourselves stories and don't even realize that we're actually telling ourselves a story. And so first I want to get at what does it, what does it mean when I buy a story, whenever I'm talking about telling yourself a story? Well, this is say you're walking down the street and um, I don't know. You see a, a you, you see a man who is just all sorts of grumpy, all right, and he's yelling at somebody else. Well, you've got two different stories. The guy's either a having a really bad day, maybe his wife just left him, and he's, uh, and she took all the money out of the bank, and and is just you know just having you know having the problem. Imagine the worst day possible. You know he. He accidentally, uh, uh, ran over his dog as he was backing out of the, ha- out of the, uh, house after his wife kicked him out. You know, there's a, a whole s- series of scenarios that we are putting through our head whenever somebody, whenever we see somebody. It's, some people call this, uh, judging and it, the, to a point, yeah, you're right. It is a, a, we're, we're judging somebody because we are seeing What's going on in our brain? Since we don't know what's going actually going on, our brain is going to fill in the 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 empty spots, the detailed omitted uh, points that we have no clue about, and so we come up with these different stories. But we also tell ourselves stories. Uh, we can sometimes be lying to ourselves, and so when we uh, are late for work, we may be saying, "Well, I was." Um, I was caught up in traffic when in all reality you left 15 minutes late, whether you overslept or, or something at the house kept you from being able to leave on, on time. Either way, there's a story that you're telling yourself. I, I, I couldn't help it. I couldn't, I was, I had no choice in, in the matters I had to, you know, I had to, to buy this brand spanking new car. I, my other one was, was, eight years old and uh, it 
it was, you know, you, you're going to have a story, right? You're going to have this story. You're going to be telling yourself a story as to talking to talk yourself into, say, buying a car or why, uh, why somebody else that you see out on the street is, ha- is just being a complete and total douchebag. You're, you're looking at this and you're, and you're making a story. These stories are the, the narrative as to which we are living. Now, I'm actually going to focus in more on what you're telling yourself because there are other people and there, we'll talk about this here in a sec, but there are people who have their own stories about you. And we want to, we work so hard on trying to change those stories while ignoring the, the important story, which is our own. So when it comes to the stories, it's, that we're telling ourselves those stories can be anything from a uh, victim oriented uh, story, like I said, to, to where we are uh, being just as benevolent as, uh, as we possibly can. Those, those stories just really depend <clears throat> on the on the frame that you're looking at. So if you're if you're having a bad day, say you uh you're late for work, you've uh you you just dropped the ball on getting a hold of a uh, of a key customer for uh for the the company you work for or for even for your own business. You may be wanting to tell yourself the story of, well, I couldn't help it. I, I, I had these unforeseen instances and those, those stories are just a means of where we are lying to ourselves. You can actually go, you'll, you'll tell yourself a lot. Now you can also try to change if you try and try to change your story. If you tell yourself a lie, it's not going to work either. And well, again, I'll talk about that here in a moment. So. But the stories that we have affect how we go about our day. If we tell ourselves that I'm having a off day, I'm just having a really crappy day, and I just uh, I couldn't help things like that. And if you're telling yourself, "Hey, I'm having a bad day," well, guess what? You're going to have a bad day. If you're telling yourself, "Hey, I I um," if you're telling yourself that, "Hey, I've I'm just not." Uh, uh, not that smart at, uh, at math. Well, guess what? You're really not going to be all that good at math. That story is going to affect how you, um, how you act in the world. So if you're, if you run around saying, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a fat dude looking for a hamburger. Well, guess what? You're going to like hamburgers a whole lot and you're going to be extra pudgy around the middle because of that story. Your mind takes that story and applies it to, to make sure that it gets uh, gets fulfilled, it wants things to be true. So if you tell yourself over and over again that you're a fat man, well, guess what? Eventually, you're going to wind up being a fat man. I I have the I have that problem all the time. I'm have you know, I'm starting to change my story where I say I'm a uh, I'm I'm rocking the dad bod. I'm getting around to where I don't want to have this dad bod anymore. Sorry, that's I I need to ditch you know about 
an extra, uh, last time I looked about extra 60 pounds off my gut and get myself toned up because, well, one, I want to live well into my eighties or nineties, even see if I can clear a hundred. And to do that, I can't do that being a pudgy dude. I need to be, I need to be fit. I need to be more toned. I need to be in shape. I need to be, I need to have a different, uh, different mindset. And so those mindsets influence what your story is. So if you can, you can actually, you know, take those stories and actually, and bend them. And if you can pay attention to what you're, where you're, where the story's coming from, is it coming from, uh, want to play in a, a victim or to, or one that where you are, uh, just looking out for yourself. Well, you can take those and you can shift those around and you can make that to where you're having a good day. It's just, yeah, you had a hiccup along the way or to where you're looking out for yourself. You can change that. You can stop being Han Solo at the beginning and become, you know, Han Solo at the, at the end of, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi where he's a very honorable, honorable guy. Yeah. He may be, a scruffy looking nerf herder at the beginning, but at the end he becomes a, a general solo. So you can, you can change your story. Your story can develop. Yeah. You may have things that happened in the past. You may have been a scoundrel at one time, but you can turn around and, and become a good guy. So, but you also have stories that other people, stories about you that other people have. And like I said at the beginning, people, we work so hard to want to change those people's story. They may think that uh, we just look out for ourselves all the time. And we may, and you may, and you may not. But the key to that point is that it doesn't matter what their, what their story is. Their story can be, Hey, I'm, I am, I take care of, yeah, I take care of myself first because I, my, priority levels are God, me, my family, and to be able to take care of the family and all the people who are, who are underneath me, I have to take care of myself first. That whole, you know, the whole put on your mask before you put on your child's mask. You're not going to do them any good if you are incapacitated. If you're not taking care of yourself, you can't help the other people. I can't provide food and uh, shelter for my wife if I'm not taking care of myself. So the, the key to a lot of that and what other, the key to other people's stories is they're going to just apply the stories to the, of, of the things that they see. And yeah, their stories can change, but you're not going to be able to make them change. And you're not, and trying to go off up to somebody and try to tell them off that they're wrong. They've got the wrong idea and they, they don't know anything about you. Is not going to do any any good because trying to force a person to change their mind uh, just doesn't <laughs> just doesn't work. Not at all. There's no way to force a person to change their mind. The only way, if you want to change a person's mind and say they um, they have they think that you are that you're just selfish and about all about yourself, well, forcing them to change <clears throat> change their minds, like I said, it's not going to work. But if you and not, not as a means of parading around in front of them going, I am a righteous person, you know, that don't be a, a Pharisee so much, but you want to be, 
if you live true to what your story is, your story actually emanates out from you and influences the other people's stories. So when I say don't worry about their story, that means don't worry about their story. Their story is going to either stay the same or change depending on what they see of you. So just, just keep, if you keep true to you, what your story is, one, it's not going to matter what other people think anyhow, because your, your, their story doesn't actually influence you. It's like what well, the, you may come up with the, the reaction of, no, no, they, they can, if they don't like me, they're going to do what they can to, to, uh, to keep me from succeeding. They can do what they want, but the boss is going to have his own story of you. Everybody has a story, has their own judgments about each other, whether you want to be judgmental or not. Doesn't matter. It's your, your stories, your view is going to be different than <clears throat> another person's story uh, and view. Look at, look at the, uh, the, the division of, of America right now, because I mean, you've got one side who just thinks Trump is just the most horrible, terrible, won't have anything to do with them. I mean, we, there's people who go as far as calling it the Trump derangement syndrome, where the guy could come along and, you know, give everybody some, you know, money and they would still curse him for, for doing a good, a good job. And then there's the other side who just thinks he does nothing but good and is great and wonderful and awesome. And he, he could, do no, do no harm. He could do the most evil act known to man. And there's people there who would still think he's a, he's a pretty good dude. It's everybody has a different story, a different narrative about other people and about themselves. And so it doesn't matter because as like Trump's doing, it doesn't matter what one side or the other side's thinking. He's got his course that he's plotted out and he's, going through and doing it. And so it's, it's the same, it's the same thing for you. It doesn't matter what other people are thinking. Um, because the most important thing is that you is the story that you tell yourself. Are you telling yourself a, a truthful story or are you even telling your actual story? Cause sometimes we're so busy trying to make sure that we live up to other people's stories that we forget our story. We leave our story behind and we jump into their narrative. And so we start living by other people's thoughts and our thoughts and opinions. And that never works for any reason. Uh, though sometimes people want to say that they don't have a choice. They, you know, uh, I knew a, a couple of kids whenever I was in college. They were doing a, they were going majoring in classes that they claim that they didn't like. Now, whether they liked it or not, I don't know, but that's what they claim. They claimed they didn't want to be a, a lawyer, didn't want to be a, uh, uh, be something, you know, be whatever, whatever their major was. And when you ask them, it's like, well, man, that's what my parents want me to be. It's like, well, then don't do it. It's like, well, I have to. If I, if I don't, they won't pay it. I'm, I am, I can't afford, can't afford, uh, to go to school if I, if I, if they don't pay it. That's the story that they're telling themselves to justify 
living out their parents' dream, their parents' story of them. They, they, and we do all, all as parents have a different story for our kids and what our kids have. So for a long time, you know, we've always talked about, uh, Jaden going into architecture or something like that. Well, come to find out, you know, having to sit in, in a, uh, in a college, uh, class for hours at a time is not what my son, uh, was made to do. He is a outdoor, outdoor dude. He has to be outdoors. He has to be physical. He has to be doing stuff. And so commercial fishing fits a lot more into what he, into his wheelhouse, his story, his narrative of who he wants to be and what he is able to do than any story that I could come up for him. And so, yeah, it's parents. We don't, we may not like the story, the the angle that our, um, our kid goes to. I'm glad that my son has become a commercial fisherman. I, I see him having a great time, even though he's out breaking his back. He is, uh, it's hard work, but it's work he likes to do. And so that's what's really cool about it is just being able to, to let him live that particular story out. But when it comes back to like the kids, the, the college kids who couldn't, they, like I said, they, they, they lied on themselves to justify living out their parents' story because if they really stood back and actually looked at it, you'd see that, yeah, they, they can afford to go to, uh, go to college. They could even afford to do a, you know, a full set, but there's other little details in there that they really don't want to have to do. Yeah. It means they would have to go out. They'd have to, instead of going and hang, watch it when I was in college, we hung out at the mall. All right. We, and, you would go to the mall and you'd see all your friends there and everybody would stand around, talk and, you know, maybe buy something over at Spencer's and then go to the food court and grab, grab food and talk to the, your friends who happen to be working behind the counter and maybe they'd give you a free Coke or two. And so you could, it was, but to, you would have to actually, a lot of those kids would have to actually give up the the life of ease of being able to just sit around they would actually have to work you know at, at ups or someplace that pays decent but means that they have to actually put some effort into their into the work instead of hanging out over at um at the clothing store where they would be working to take care uh, and and just have to worry about folding getting all the clothes folded when uh when a new shipment come in there are, there are always ways of, of changing your, your story. So, but it's, when it comes to your story, you can look at it and look at what your, what mindset it is. You're, you're looking, telling yourself when it comes to your story. So take this example. Uh, when I was a kid, um, my dad was, had a ranch. Now, in the wintertime, he would actually make me, uh, he would have me get up and we'd go out and we'd have to bust up the stock, uh, ice in the stock tanks and, uh, it'd be, you know, it, it was, it was wintertime. It's cold. And, um, 
not that there was days in the wintertime that it was, wasn't cold and that the ice wasn't, the stock tanks weren't frozen, but those times that really stick in your head are those, those times where it was, you know, uh, there's a inch or two inches of, of ice or even more that had needed to be busted up so that the cattle could come and have a drink. And so, and you couldn't just break up the ice and just call it good. No, you had to go and, Fish those chunks out of the, out of the stock tanks so that it would take longer for that ice to refreeze. So you had Texas North wind blowing cold, wet hands and you may, you may have coveralls on, but you, as you're digging the, the ice chunks out, you're bringing water with it. So you're getting your coveralls wet. And so it's, gets cold. You know, I mean, you look forward to when you finally are able to climb back into that pickup and, and thaw out a little bit. And then in the spring, I would be out. Dad would tell me, Hey, there's a, uh, the fence, uh, like fence and such and such pastures, uh, not charged all the way. I need you to go find, find out where the, uh, where the shorts at. And so I would have to be in the pickup in the rain, driving along a fence line, periodically turning on the AM radio, opening the door, touching the hot wa- hot wire and seeing if I get a click cuz it's it, you would the that's how we how we test. You could either get a fence tester and climb out and then stick the probe in the ground and then touch the other end to the uh to the fence tester and see how strong it was cuz there's usually like five lights and the stronger it, the 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 electrical pulse was, you know, more lights that would light up and the brighter those lights would be. But if you wanted to be lazy, you could just drive up next to the fence and then open your door and touch the door to the electric fence with the radio on. And people, you'd hear somebody talking or even just static. And all of a sudden you hear a thunk, 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 thunk. So you knew, Hey, we've got juice going to the, uh, to the, through this wire. And so you would drive and you'd see a big old patch of weeds. And so you would go to the opposite side and open the door and hear a thunk. Thunk, all right, well, we're good there. And so you'd uh, go down a little further and, and keep testing every so often just to see if you could figure out where this short was. And a lot of times it was in a corner post and it was a bunch of uh, of tumbleweeds that piled up there and it's raining, of course. So you're all muddy. Everything's muddy and it's all miserable. And you, so you've got all this, uh, you finally find the, the, the weeds. And so then you get the fun of trying to get those weeds dug out because one's grounding someplace. So you grab a hold of the wrong weed at the wrong time. You know, you're going to, you're going to get lit up. Believe me, I got lit up a lot. <laughs> I still don't like electricity. So you um, found the best thing to do is actually just grab a fiberglass handled uh, hammer and just drag the weed, the tumbleweeds out of the way until you get that area cleared and then take those weeds and I would throw them over the fence so the wind would just carry them on down the road. So that you, I would do that in the, in the, uh, the, in the spring, you know, during the rain and it would still get cold. It wasn't, a, wasn't 80 degree and warm rain. It was usually 45 degrees and a very cold rain. And then in the summers, there was a combination of building miles of fence and 100 degree weather or I would be, dad would have me hop on the old tractor that, Seemed like it did not like me and always wanted to, to vapor lock the wrong worst darn time and, uh, be out grading roads. And it always seems like I was grading with the wind 
So I was, by the end of the day, covered in dirt, all sorts of gritty. And it was just a horrible time. That sound, and with that type of story, yeah, it's going to sound miserable. It's going to sound like I was just, you know, all horribly abused. And you've heard your kids do the same thing. You know, go up to people saying, oh, I can't get this. And it's like, well, yeah, he can't. And you tell, then you tell the other half of the story. And all of a sudden the story doesn't sound quite <laughs> as traumatic as, as the kid wants to make it out. But I could also take that very same, those very same instances and with a different mindset, instead of having the victim based mindset of, I didn't even want to be out here today. And I was from, I was either froze to death or I was cooking to a crisp. It was horrible. Well, it wasn't, may not have been fun at the moment, but you know, during the summer, I came home, came back rocking a kicktail tan. I was, and so I was always sun tanned and, and, and having a good old time. So, but I can also take that whole story and change the mindset on it. And now I could actually say that many times, though I wanted to stay under the, uh, under the covers and sleep in the winter, my dad would need my help. And so he would come and he would wake me up and we would go out and we'd bust up the, uh, ice chunks while I was out going from one stock tank to another. Dad was usually, uh, in the driver's seat and we would be talking and, Dad, my dad has an incredible sense of humor. And so usually somewhere along the way, there was a couple, several episodes of a good laugh or, or a good chuckle or, and, and so you always had, uh, you didn't stay grumpy the whole time. It wasn't a miserable instances. Um, and then I remember that, uh, in the summer, there was times where it might be a hundred degrees, but I was, uh, my dad was right there beside me and he was, I would just see the sweat just pouring off. It would just drip, drip, drip off the end of his nose. And he was just, he was a, a sweaty mess, but he was right in there. He was stretching out that wire and, and adding the, uh, adding the insulators and putting on the clips and everything else that needed to be done when it was building fence. And I remember seeing all that sweat drip off of him and I starting to equate hard work and with, Sweat, and that actually applied. Uh, I would apply that to my work ethic down the road when I got ha got older. And then you know there was the se season of uh, of ranching where you had to work the cattle, and so there all the new cattle would be uh, would be brought in and bought any uh, young bulls. We'd have we uh, we'd castrate them, and so we, this was all do what the, doing the stuff that we needed to do to cattle was called working the cattle. And that was not just a two person deal. It was a whole family affair. And so my cousins would come on, come down and they would be, be with me. And you'd have, uh, the main, uh, our main, uh, what I called cowboy. His name's short. And he was, uh, just one of the most wisdom filled guys I ever saw. He was your typical quintessential cowboy. He was always had, you know, a saying for something. I still remember. Uh, he would always tell me, tell me the be ye earlier, be ye late, just be sure to shut the damn gate. Um, so if you, cause you always had to shut the gate once you got through it. Um, or you would hear be ye early or be ye late, but just be sure to shut the damn gate. He would always, <laughs> he would always be saying that. Uh, he also, uh, taught me not to hold on to the wrong end of the, of the uh, cattle prod. Uh, <laughs> he could be a little wily, but at the same time, he was, uh, short was a, a great guy and, uh, 
always was, uh, I remember always having him help us with, uh, with working the cattle, but it was so much fun to work cattle. We always, I always looked forward to when it was time to work cattle because I had my cousins with me. A lot of times we would be what, uh, the way our deal was set up is actually set up by in the same fashion as what, um, come to find out, uh, um, um, Temple Grandin of, uh, University of Colorado. Uh, she had started up this, this, uh, this system. And so we had this great big, huge, what we called the circle. And it was this big round pin that had two, um, two sliding walls that we could go around the, in the circle to, to squeeze the cattle together so that they would want to go into the chute and the chute uh, or and the main chute we called the snake because it also curved off into another direction. And <clears throat> so me and my cousin Matt and sometimes Brandon and uh, some of the other cousins would all would be down there and we would have the, the cattle prods and we'd be getting them, getting them put it uh, to lead them into the end of the, into the, the snake. And it was always fun. You'd see us, someone would try to, try to hop on the chasm and try to ride it. And yeah, you wound up with a good bit of cowboy paint on your pants and sometimes on your back and maybe even in your hair. And, um, <clears throat> it was, it, we always just had a good time doing it. And eventually you worked yourself up to where you were working the cattle through the, uh, through the chute and getting them through, put into, uh, into the squeeze. Squeeze shoot. And from there, you know, that they, if it was, uh, you would, uh, give them their shots and tag. And if needed to be branded, they would be branded and all the things that went on with, uh, with working the cattle. And it was a multi-day affair and it was a good time. And, you know, at the end of the, uh, at the end of the, the day, you know, they would divide up the, the bucket of, of calf fries. And if somebody wanted all, nobody wanted them, then, you know, more times than not, my dad would say, all right, sure. And he would grab them and, and go and him and uh, my stepmom would go through and spend the rest of the day cleaning them and then putting them into, uh, and then freezing them in, in milk jugs. Not nearly a bad of a story. Yeah. There's, it's the, a lot of the same instances with minus the, 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 the working the cattle, but you can look at the same story and have two different means of, of, of viewing it. So you can either have the glass half full or you can have the glass half empty, but you can change how that story is reflected. So if you don't like the story that you're telling yourself, you can change how you look at that story. Well, I was, I had a horrible life and I was, terribly, uh, terribly mistreated and ignored by my parents. Or you could say, well, my parents taught me how to be very independent. And because they worked all the time, I had to not, I was a latchkey kid. So I had to come home and take care of myself and be self-reliant and get my uh, homework done and all this and all the, everything else. There's always a way to look at how a story goes. And yeah, you, see other people who will tell a story and they tell the, a boohoo story and you're going, but dude, you just, yeah, you're out of money. You're broke for the month because you just went off and spent, you know, spent, uh, bought yourself a brand new car that you can't afford. You know, you've got, and that right there is a completely different story than what the other person told. Yeah. It may be in line. It may be in conjunction. It may be a means to set up a whole story, but at the same time, everybody has their own story and everybody, can change how that story is framed. 
And so if you don't like the story that you have, change that story. You can, you have that ability. You have the choice to choose a different story altogether. Say you are, um, you're a dentist and you, um, after the first year of work of being an actual dentist, you actually went out and realized that, Hey, I, you really are not a, a dentist type of person. You do not enjoy sticking your hands in other people's mouths uh, at the, in the slightest. And so how do you change that story? Well, it might be that, hey, I know that I started out as a dentist, but then I realized that I had a passion for, uh, for painting, say, and I get so much enjoyment from painting uh, the pictures of, of other people that that's actually where I, I went from being a, a dentist to a person who uh, being a well-known area in, in the, your area, a well-known painter. And so you can change how you, you view yourself. You can change how your story is. You can take the, the, the horrible, terrible parts and you can actually look at them. And if you use the right light, you can take those and take that and learn from it and grow from it and you apply it to your story so that you become a better person. So if you're telling yourself a story that is doesn't, uh, that you're not liking, say you're, or you're not liking where you are, say you're having a rough day. Well, what is, what story are you telling yourself to cause that rough day? So try, try this out for the next week. See, see what happens. Pay attention to what you're telling yourself. Pay attention to what you're telling others. And does that match up to what you really want in your life? If it doesn't, then rephrase it. Catch yourself in the middle of it. If you catch yourself in the middle of it, go, oh, nope, sorry. I'm working on that. I'm actually X, Y, and or Z. So. If you'd like to try uh, do that, and if you have any success with it, please let me know. Give me a holler. And uh, now, before I before I let you go, I do want to just kind of uh, give you some updates. I am actually looking at starting a little uh, a, a little segment before I dive into the main topic, um, I, and it's where I start answering a question from you folks. And I know right now this uh, podcast is still uh, still fairly. Uh, early in the season, early in the, in its cycle. So I know I don't have a whole heap and lot of, of listeners, but I do, ha- I know I've got, got, uh, a few listeners who, uh, who grab this podcast every, every week that it comes out. And so if you have a question, um, that you would like to have answered, you can actually, uh, shoot that question over to Brian. And that's Brian with a Y at relaxmail.com. And I will answer that. I will give you a few coaching tips on how on with, uh, with what that, with that, uh, that particular problem or barrier, whatever it is that you have, uh, have in your way at the moment. Uh, if I don't, if I don't have any questions, say I answer everybody's question and I still like the, to do the segment, then more than likely what I'll actually, I'm thinking of doing is I will choose a question from like Cora and, and answer that. So I'll let you know if it's a Cora question or, or a listener question, but, uh, probably going to be starting that up on, uh, on episode number 25 and see how. Uh, see how it goes. Give it, uh, give it 10 episodes and see what, how it runs and 
if uh, if it turns out great, awesome, sweet, we'll we may we'll run with it. If it ends up being where it's just kind of a uh, kind of throws everything out the window, um, then we'll we'll try something a little bit different. So, all right. Um, and also, if you, I've still got a few more. Uh, I've got some openings for uh, for the Conclave of Men, which is the. If you are wanting to make a big change in your life, if you're needing the needing help on completing those changes in your life, the the conclave of men is a great way of having other men in your in that group to help you change the mindset, help you to become the uh, the men that your your son and your family and your marriage need. It helps you become better, stronger, and and more self-reliant so that you can actually help your, your, the loved ones and those that are important in your, in your family. I've been holding on the founders level for, uh, for a while, but I'm thinking of going ahead and just dropping that and I'm fixing to start raising the prices up a bit. So if I would, if you've been kind of hemming and hawing and, and trying to decide, do you really want to, want to do this or not? I'm going to let you know you Got probably about another month, maybe a month and a half left before I go ahead and I go close the opportunity to get the, get the founder's special, which is just, you're going to be paying the very incredibly low fee of $75 once that's, you get it, you're in there, you're, you're there and you get to get to go and, and partake in all the, uh, all the glories of, of the, uh, the conclave of men. After that, there's going to be a monthly fee, and it's uh, going to be a lot higher than $75. All right? So, guys, I appreciate you very much for listening. Thank you again. And if you have any questions, please submit them over to Brian with Y at relaxedmail.com, and we will see you next week. All right? Till then, bye. Bye.